This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 22, a review of the recent 2018 Arizona Innovation Conference, followed by an update of news and events in the ANSYS and PADT worlds. Hi there, I'm Eric Miller and welcome back. Seems like, again, only yesterday that we last talked, but I guess it's been two weeks. Um, here in uh, the Phoenix area, we've been enjoying some unusual weather for us. It was actually 57 degrees in my car this morning, so when we hit below 60, it's a it's a great day in Arizona. In fact, we've had a couple of days of rain, uh, multiple days of rain in a row. And uh, you're probably wondering, hey, that's normal where I live, but uh, for us it's quite unusual and we're, we're rejoicing and enjoying it uh, quite a bit. So um, summer is over for us. Maybe it'll come back for a few more days, but uh, in general it's done, so we're happy about that. We can get back to uh, bragging about our fantastic weather here in the desert. Uh, also a reminder that ANSYS 19.2 is out and available, so you should have downloaded that and taken a look at it. Um, and if you are having any problems or don't quite know how to do that, contact your support provider or you can go to the customer portal it's all right there on the ANSYS customer portal as to the podcast itself we've had 6,423 total downloads over 21 episodes so that's 306 per episode so please do continue to share the podcast with others if you like it Uh, we we enjoy to see those numbers keep going up I also was poking around on the website uh, where we we broadcast the podcast from. It's called Podbean, Bean, Podbean, and we uh, they have statistics now, which are pretty cool. I love looking to see who our listeners are and where they're coming from, what our most popular episodes are, etc. So to answer that question, episode number three is our most popular with 481 downloads. It's called Scripting with the ANSYS Customization Toolkit and Additions to Mechanical in 18.2. So um, I don't know if it's the customization or mechanical 18.2 that's popular, but that one's really a popular one. Um, Also, where are people downloading or listening to our podcast? Uh, We just assumed they were doing it on their iPhones and their Android phones. Um, That's true. Uh, 31% on iOS and 8% on Android, so that's 39% total, which is not even uh, half. Turns out that 44% of our listeners are listening to the podcast on Windows. So I assume that's at work. Maybe they're finding us on a search and uh, listening for some information on something in particular. But that's kind of good to see that uh, people are listening on their desktop machines. I'm always getting um, uh, berated by marketing people that we need to be on more mobile, we need to be on more mobile. But I keep telling them the stats show that our customers also consume our content on their desktop because we're a in a profession where you're in front of a lot of computer horsepower all day long. Um, Turns out that 44% of our listeners are in the U.S., so less than half. And uh, the top other countries are Germany at 9%, the U.K. at 6%, and Canada and India are tied at 4.17% each. So that's kind of cool that we've got an international reach there. In the U.S., California is our most popular state at 11%. 9% 9% of course is Arizona, which you would expect. We've got 7% in Massachusetts and again another 7% in Pennsylvania. 
in our newest territory of Texas, where we've been selling ANSYS now since about the beginning of the year, is growing and it's sitting at 5.6% right now. So we hope to see that continue to grow and continue to uh, add listeners and customers in that territory. Uh, a reminder that we are switching to an opt-in email policy. So if you want to get news and events from PADT, go to www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. We're going to uh, stop uh, basically blasting, shotgun blasting to, uh, I think our list is, oh, I don't know, 17,000 people. Um, we're not. We're gonna. We're gonna go to just a list of the people that really want to get emails from us. So if you want to get emails from us, again, that's www.padtinc.com/opt-in, and you'll be the select few who have chosen to hear from us. So let's get on to the podcast. Today uh, we're gonna cover what happened in October on the third here in Phoenix at Skysong, actually in Scottsdale, which is one of our suburbs. And we gather together with other users uh, from the state of Arizona of ANSYS products. And that was the, the uh, innovation conference. It was a great day, great agenda, lots of people from ANSYS there. Um, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to three customers were, were uh, kind enough to come into the office and give us their thoughts on it. And I'll share my thoughts as well. And we'll review what we learned and what we liked and uh, how cool student projects are. That was a big takeaway from this one. So do enjoy. All right, so welcome to our discussion after our ANSYS Convergence, uh, actually ANSYS Innovation Conference. I'm showing my age. We used to call them Convergence Conferences. <laughs> now we call them Innovation Conferences. Um, and it was a 2018 one that we held at Skysong uh, earlier in this week in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we're lucky enough to have a couple customers that were there to talk about what we saw and just kind of discuss some of the new technologies that are available. So I'm going to go ahead and start to my left here and go ahead and um, share your name with our listeners and uh, what you do for work, what your job role is, and you know, how long you've been using ANSYS and what your uh, what products you're using today. Right, great. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, so my name is Joe Hansen, and I'm a uh, thermal mechanical systems engineer. Um, I work at Intel in the Internet of Things group. Um, I've been using ANSYS since about 2014. Uh, I took uh, my first class at ASU, um, we you know, used the workbench to, to solve structural and thermal problems. Um, and these days, I'm pretty much using uh, IcePack as a key one, doing Great. thermal simulations, uh, system level, uh, component level up to system level. Um, and then also, uh, we're playing with Balloon a little bit. Good. Um, and the Space Claim. I'm using Space Claim a lot even when I'm not doing ANSYS simulations. <laughs> it's a powerful tool. Yes, yeah, cool. it really is. Go ahead. All right, so I'm, uh, my name is Dominic Delti. I'm from MTD Products, the uh, Southwest Division here in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, Miriam and I are part of the uh, Advanced Engineering team. And I'm, I'm working on my PhD in uh, Mechanical Engineering at ASU. We've been using ANSYS for about 11 years now at the company. I've been using it for about five. Um, we use a lot of the uh, structural and fluid mechanics side of uh, ANSYS, so CF CFX, fluid, CFD post, a lot of space claim, um, ANSYS mechanical, and um, we're starting to move more into like discovery for our lower level engineers. Great. Um, and that's about it. Cool. Go ahead. 
so I'm Miriam Groshidi. I work at MTD, uh, same team as Dominic. I do more of the mechanical side of the simulation with ANSYS. So, um, vibrations, uh, structural, harmonics, uh, all those. Uh, and uh, I've been using ANSYS for about 11 years now. I started with the APDL mm -hmm. and now we're more using Workbench. Actually, it's been years since I've used APDL. <laughs> so it's been a while. Uh, and then Discovery and AIM recently. Great. Uh, so good, good variety there. So everybody knows me. I'm Eric Miller, and I'll be your host for this talk today. So the first thing I wanted to ask you guys is you've had a little bit over a day to digest things from the conference. So I'm just go, whoever wants to go first, what, what was your favorite presentation uh, or part of a presentation? It's hard to choose, Eric. Um, mm -hmm. I'd have to say the, the two, two of them were for me. The, hearing about Embry-Riddle and what they were doing, right. just using... Um, all the different tools throughout the whole process. It, it was really pretty cool to see. Um, and maybe too, because you know, they were so excited about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I really enjoyed your presentation cool. on the customization of ANSYS. Good. And yeah, being able to, it's nice to know that you can take the software and, get, mm -hmm. and tweak it more to fit your world. Yeah, and for those that weren't there, the Embry-Riddle presentation was, it was their, their team I didn't even know this existed, but you can set electric vehicle land speed records. And so they were basically building an electric drag car, uh, which is really cool. And they're using ANSYS to analyze all the different portions of it. And so I, I was really excited to see that and uh, made me want to go up to Utah when they're going to try and see, uh, see if we can watch them do it. We'll have to see if we can arrange a trip at the same time. You, you guys have anything you want to add? So we enjoyed the EagleWorks teamwork too. Um, not just the simulation part of it, but their teamwork and how they yes. manage schoolwork and <laughs> you know the simulation part with changing teammates and everything. It, it was pretty impressive. Uh, I also really liked the uh, Discovery Live portion of the talk. Um, I thought it was you know really well put together. It was it was really innovative and uh, it was a lot of fun too. The example that Clinton gave and how much it, it overlapped with you know a lot of the things that the Eaglesworks team was working on. Mm -hmm. So you know the uh, the car the car simulation that he did and you know there was a drag on the car with everything setting up the monitors for a lot of that. I thought that was a really cool part. Of it. Yeah, the more we learn about that tool, the better it, better it gets. The my favorite was uh, the new company that uh, Ansys acquired. Uh, Optus. Optus, yeah. Optus was pretty neat uh, because, I mean, I, I hopefully knew everything already before we got there other than the, than the uh, Every Real Kids. So for me, the Optus stuff was kind of new and different. And uh, my favorite part of the whole thing was when he took the Renault. So they have they not only do optical stuff with Optus simulation, they also, in the vehicle space, do a lot of acoustics. So he showed how they helped the company design um, some hardware and software so that your little economy car sounds like a big fancy car. So he made a Renault Clio, which is which is even less cool than my Prius, uh, sound really throaty and, and cool when it started up. So I thought that was pretty neat that you could do that. So I'm excited about learning more about Optus and, and seeing how our customers use it to do an optical simulation of things. So that, that was the thing I learned the most from. And, and uh, 
you know, maybe someday my Prius will sound cool. I don't think it'll ever look cool, but at least it'll sound cool when people are in it. So our little answers is a little contribution to that. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. We, uh, a little bit of background on the meeting. We were there for most of the day, from like from nine to four, I think it was. Um, there were probably at the peak about 90 people there. Um, there were a lot of people from ANSYS and PADT, but I think the overall there were about 60 customers that showed up. And I think you guys agree, it was every, across the spectrum, right? I mean, I met people who are HFSS users, mechanical fluids, so that was really nice to see. Lots of different com com companies out there. A few retired folks that like to keep their uh, their fingers in things. Um, so, is there anything you learned that you didn't know before you showed up? You know, for me, the uh, Lark, the company Lark. Yeah, Benchmark, yeah. Yeah, owned by Benchmark. Um, the LC, the liquid crystal polymer, mm -hmm. I never even heard of that technology and what they were showing that they're hoping to do with it. Mm -hmm. Pretty promising. It was pretty exciting. I was looking it up on Wikipedia in the back of the room when they were talking. <laughs> I thought this is pretty cool sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was very neat. Yeah. So it was probably the most like, oh wow, not even on my radar. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that and being from Intel, of course, that's a nice that that's, fits in the packaging and all those things. Definitely. So, yeah. But, yeah. What you guys? Uh, I actually learned a lot about the you know the additive suite that answers. Good. As, um, I actually didn't know about a lot of the simulation that they do for um, you know, different types of additive manufacturing. A lot of the deformation analysis, you know, the porosities that they're using, that was all really interesting stuff. What you? Um, the OptiSoft for the real-time processing that they did was pretty impressive. How much data they can take in, mm. how quickly they can turn around objects and reflection and all of that data was pretty impressive. It's very, and the, the thing that I keep reminding myself is it's not a video game, right? So you get these optical renderings on your video game that are pretty nice, but this is true physics. This is not taking any shortcuts. So these are very accurate answers. And it's, you're exactly right, it's so fast. Uh, and, and I don't know about you guys, somebody else asked the question, you know, can we use this to do radiation calculations for thermal analysis? I think a lot of us in the audience that are on the mechanical side were like, hmm, I wonder if we can use this ray tracing to do thermal radiation. More accurately, so the ANSYS is definitely going to take a look at that. Uh, it's really cool. You know, besides myself learning about the Optus, I mean, you bring, I'll bring up good stuff. I didn't know about the liquid crystal polymer because it, it was confusing me. Because to me, liquid crystal and polymer are three separate things, right? And an object is one of those three, not all three, right? So I, I need to study a little bit more. Um, I, I also learned a lot about what the students are doing in these. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been in college, so what the students are doing with these student projects that the ANSYS software has made available for them. Um, so um, if you are a listener and a student, um, I, I learned a lot about the program getting ready for the conference. So if you, you have a team that's competing in something and you want access to ANSYS, um, talk to whoever you get your ANSYS from, whoever administers it on your campus, and your team can get access to the full ANSYS suite uh, for your project. In payment, you got to send us pictures and put a sticker, I think, on the uh, whatever vehicle or thing, Hyperloop or Dragster or whatever it is you're making or drone. But um, that's a pretty small price for $250,000 worth of software. So definitely think about that. Um, so you saw a lot about what's going on in the ANSYS world. We talked about some new things coming down the pipe. The, the ANSYS guys gave us some hints and that kind of stuff. 
but I always like to ask, you know, we, we spent a whole day thinking about ANSYS and how people use it. Can you guys offer up, like, each of you one thing you'd like the developers to add to the code? Uh, I know from, I'm going to come at it from the uh, ice pack perspective, mm -hmm. although I haven't had any experience with electronics desktop and I've heard it's better, mm -hmm. um, but I would say the GUI yeah. in ice pack is it's just hard to work with and then sometimes you get mystery errors, it's a little hard to work <laughs> through some of those when you go through the meshing, Yeah. so those would be my two complaints, I mean all in all you can work through them, but. Yeah, the ice pack team is definitely agreeing with you, I think the user interface on uh, ice pack is something called uh, Autohexa that was written by the ICCFD team pre-acquisition by ANSYS. So it may be older than you guys. <laughs> so it's it's definitely out they've been out there. So I agree with you. Yeah, definitely we'll be talking on the podcast about um, the new user interface or how they're porting uh, the program into uh, electronics desktop. And I think that's going to solve a lot of issues instead of creating a new user interface. So that transition is going on right now. So that'll be exciting to learn more about. Um, we've had a little peek at it. Uh, how about you guys? What would you, would you like to ask the developers for? They do listen to the podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's a great opportunity for us to <laughs> yeah, tell exactly, them that. to let them know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, capabilities for discovery, I'd say. We are more on the um, novice a simulation user side mm -hmm. of um, you know ANSYS products. Right. So uh, a lot of the times we get questions from our other engineers. Can I calculate this with discovery? Can I get that? And those capabilities are still not still really not there. built into the program. So it would be nice to get uh, monitors, you know, um, with different physics that can actually get solved on discovery. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, definitely working on that, but uh, more more real world. I think it's great that people are using it, and that's going to give some good direction to development on what to work on. Because uh, we're always surprised at how people use these tools when we put them out there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always different ways than we thought. Of. It's pretty uh, cool to watch. You know, new users mm -hmm. use these tools and be like, "Oh wow, it really shows it. You know, <laughs> it I should now get that." So. <laughs> And you don't have to do it for them. That's the other nice yeah. part. Yeah. We get the joy to watch them actually do it and be amazed at it. Have you guys looked at, at Discovery Intel? I don't think you have yet. Yeah, I did when they had the beta out. Mm -hmm. I did it personally. Oh, good. Um, and played with it. Mm -hmm. um, but we have. I don't think we've used it at all yeah. in any of our flows. Yeah, yeah. It's co coming along, especially as we do more multi physics and more thermal. I think it's going to become better. I think it might be nice for those uh, board designers and the, yeah. the people that aren't going to take the time to actually do, you know, pull in the thermal guys. Mm -hmm. At least they can do some quick checks and maybe get the topology right. Some natural frequency stuff, yeah. Um, well, one of the things that I'd like to look at it with is, um, I don't know if it's still a problem, but last time I worked on those kind of components, we were they were getting broken during uh, testing by the probe. So when you build a printed circuit card, um, you come in with this, like, big fancy piece of metal that's got these pins that sit down and they read the electrical signal on the car. They put, put signals in and read the results to make sure everything's connected correctly. And the pressure from those probes was breaking the cars. And so looking at how those probe points were distributed, uh, impacted the deflection was an was a analysis. I don't know if you guys still do that, but it was kind of a big thing back in the day. Yeah. And uh, that'd be a really good one to set up kind of automatic and discovery live so that the designers could just kind of go in and 
here's where my pro points are. Tell me if it's going to deflect too much. So, right. That was kind of cool. How about you? Do you get anything? Uh, no, I think uh, Mary and I kind of both talked about that. Okay. We Good. Both, since we use Discovery so much, it is, you know, it would be nice to get a whole lot more capability, and I'm sure they're working on that now. You know, just as a, just to throw out there that we do use it. We use it pretty often. My, mine was taking the Optus stuff and doing multi-frequency, uh, multi-wavelength thermal uh, or uh, infrared uh, radiation calculations, because and also uh, semi-transparent objects. So if we've got, say, a quartz lamp in a in a semiconductor piece of semiconductor manufacturing equipment, we want to be able to know what the actual radiation is hitting the objects and thing. And, and Optus is doing all the calculations. They're just not telling me what the heat flux is. So I would love to see them do that because we can get all the different spectrum or we can get all the transparency or lack of transparency, heat absorption in the quartz itself. So it'd be pretty cool to see. So that's what I got all excited about thinking thinking about. So someday soon, we hope, we'll see. They got plenty to work on. Um, and then the other thing for me was seeing the, I talked about um, in the additive suite, the, the, the higher end package which does the microstructure for the 3D printed parts. I would love to see that expanded even more and, and maybe even applied to casting so that when we do a casting, we might be able to predict the microstructure. It's a different, it's a different approach, right? Because you're not melting in these little pools like you are with a laser. But um, I'm, I'm wondering if that same technology can be applied. So I'd love to see that to happen. Be cool. Um, so also the thing you had a chance to think about is, you know, what. What can we do different next time? We're looking for advice. How could we how could we make it a better event? You've been starting so far, so okay. I'll just go ahead and go with you. <laughs> just keep consistent. Uh, yeah, it was really cool hearing from the, the student team. So mm -hmm. I think that's a great thing to have. Is okay. Because it keeps kind of keeps a pulse on what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe the Hyperloop, the issue Hyperloop team, or you know, there's plenty of teams. I yeah, would love to get, get those guys in. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to get a drone team in. There's a lot of drone teams out there. It's yeah. becoming a thing. Yeah. And then also just, um, you know, I love how you have the customers with um, coming in with their advanced applications. Mm -hmm. It's nice to really see what the rest of the community is doing. Good. Just more of that. Good. Excellent. What you guys? Uh, so the, the whole Nympics thing was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I thought it'd be cool next year if they did, like, uh, maybe. So this year they, they talked a lot about what the software is and how it could be used. But maybe, you know, a talk about giving some examples, like maybe they have some, a live demonstration about how easy it is to set up a, a cluster or how easy it is to set up a simulation. It's a really good idea. Yeah, definitely both of those will definitely, I, I like that, that's a good point. I, we're still kind of introducing what it is, that, that yes, you can run your job on really fast hardware in the cloud, um, but how you run it, uh, yeah, that would be a great demo. We do have yeah, we do have a, it's getting old now. I think they've updated actually, but uh, Manoj did do a webinar on that where he showed the process. Um, and that would be great to do live because I think it's it really has impact. And there's some new tools coming down the pipe that we can't talk about yet, uh, but ANSYS is gonna make it even easier. Uh, so you'll be able to submit internally or externally with a lot more ease uh, to, to, uh, to remote solvers. So. That's a really good one. Maybe that, that would be the topic is remote solving. We can show Nimbix, we can show other cloud solutions, we can show how to set it up to run on your own hardware. I think that'd be really useful. It's a great idea. Uh, anything else? No, no that's it. Uh, historically, we've had issues with the graphics, mm -hmm. you know, when uh, translating all across the 
is. With, you know, isolation and stuff okay. like that. So it would be nice to see how it actually works. What does it really time. look like? Yep. I, I know that when you have a good connection, you can actually even do it on your phone, which is kind of cool. So you can check your results uh, from pretty much anywhere you've got an LTE connection, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm not sure is a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Sometimes we should get away from our work, but I can just, I, I know that I used to hurry up and finish dinner and run into my office and, and log in to check my jobs, but being able to do it at the dinner table, you might get in trouble. Your family <laughs> might not like that. So, good point. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll, we'll do probably do uh, ask for uh, more input and do it again. Does, does October work or is it kind of a busy time for you guys? I feel like it's a busy time. So. It works for us. Okay. We are more of a seasonal type of Oh, business. that's true. Okay. But, uh, and you, you're not, yeah, you don't have to have everything done for Christmas, right? So it's for the summer. Yeah, yeah our division is more like uh, summer, fall time. Yes. So. Um, that's good. And your Intel's just year round. You know, always busy. You know, no recycles. <laughs> Gotta make more chips. Gotta make more chips. <laughs> Go faster. Go faster. Faster, cheaper, better. Yeah. Very good. Um, so there, the, we we have all talked quite a bit about the students. I think we all enjoyed that. So one of the things that I don't know if you guys got a chance to do this or not is give advice to the students. Would you, especially if we have a lot of student listeners to the podcast, is there any advice uh, after watching those youngins up there enthusiastically talking about using simulation that you'd like to give them? So, you know, I'm not that far out of, I mean, I'm right out of my bachelor's and I'm actually finishing my master's this semester part time. So you're in the middle of it so still. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I definitely say, I mean, the biggest thing I've seen that's been valuable for me and others mm -hmm. is if you get involved with those group-based and like team, project-based teams, either mm -hmm. um, like the Hyperloop or just some or Engineers Without Borders. I mean, mm -hmm. something where you're actually trying to apply the principles mm -hmm. because it's motivating and it's fun and then you, you find a group of people that you can lean on as you go through the process of getting through your bachelor's and master's. Great. Just getting that hands-on experience and getting excited. I certainly agree with you on that one, because that that was, I mean, one of the things I didn't like about school was all the theory. And, I, and it, yeah. yes, it was important, and yes, I still use it, but I really like projects, and, and, and in my work life, I, I got a lot more out of the projects than I did out of the, all the math. <laughs> Even as a simulation person, the math is really important, but, you know, applying it was really exciting. Yeah, I agree. How about you guys? You got anything? Um, I would say um, uh, they need to make sure that they have to set up their problems right, make sure to put in the right parameters to do the right checks and balances, make sure the results make sense. And sometimes they tend to overlook that part and mm -hmm. think that the computer takes care of it <laughs> and it just doesn't work like that. So. I got an answer. <laughs> yeah. It gives you the answer you ask for. Uh, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah I looked at it, was looking at some of the results plots and wondering. Oh. Uh, my favorite part is when he pointed out the fact that the, the deformation was exaggerated, which I'm sure he has to do with other students, right? But in a room full of simulation, people were like, yeah, we kind of know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny uh, okay uh, that's good advice um, so future um, you got a chance this is kind of along the lines of not so much the conference itself or the discussion itself but we spent a whole day thinking about ANSYS and simulation so did that get your juices flowing as to you know what you think the next uh, big breakthrough will be in simulation 
I've seen you know, a few examples. Um, I don't know. So Optus, I don't know if anybody tried out the VR headset. I, I have. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And you could basically you're sitting in a McLaren and you could see how you know, the lighting effects change. But I mean, what about when we can design it? What's that going to be like? You can you know, just put on the goggles and go to work on building your models and your parameters, and it's all VR. And that could be interesting. I, I have daydreams sometimes when trying to debug a mesh. Being able to actually crawl inside and move the nodes. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, no, I think that's that's that'll be interesting to see where that all goes, or or even augmented reality, where you're seeing something on top of what you're looking at. That'd be really really cool. Definitely. What you guys? Uh, actually, I just you know just now thinking that same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know the. Uh, like Oculus and Vive, they have the controller. So, like exactly like you were saying, you know, being able to do some post processing in VR or even some mesh analysis. I mean, in VR, it's pretty easy to grab something and move exactly. things around. So, you know, turn the different results and you know, analyze. I think it'll change things. Yeah. Anything, anything else there? I so my mine that I'm I'm. It's still and we might actually do a podcast on this because it's come up a couple times with listeners that have sent emails on it. Is where the role of artificial intelligence is in simulation, and we've we're using it now to train machine learning algorithms. So you know, the way machine learning, of course, works is you just kind of repeat something over and over and say that's good, that's bad, and the and the, the algorithm learns what's good and bad. And you can, instead of using physical data, you can use digital data to train the, the algorithm. So we're starting to see that now. But I want to use machine learning and artificial intelligence to help us build models and analyze the results. And I think it's just, there's there's a lot of potential there. I don't know where it's going to end up. Um, but it's one of those things I think about um, when we're, especially when I'm debugging a model. <laughs> Isn't there an algorithm that can find this problem? Why is it flying into space? I know I'm missing a constraint or a context not correct. And can we use artificial intelligence to find, you know, where I've got that contact misdefined so that this part is flying off? So uh, that's my, my uh, prediction for future coolness. Um, anything else you guys want to add for our listeners about the conference or ANSYS in general? Um, I know for me, you know, it's hard to find time to fit it in, but it's always nice when you can take a little extra time and play with the software and try and learn a new feature or uh, maybe a yep. new, new portion of the software. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's out of your domain, but at least just getting that familiarity and trying to expand your knowledge. So, Definitely. Helpful. Yeah. Yeah. What you guess? Uh, I would say uh, probably check out Optus. They have pretty cool capabilities. See if it applies to your industry, mm -hmm. to the work you do. Uh, not only the uh, light side of it, but the acoustic side of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seem to really complement the uh, light side of it. So. Yeah, the acoustic side. Of course, I thought about your guys' products, right? Because you've got electric motors, you've got blowers. You no longer have the loud gas. We were talking about this at the conference. You don't have the loud gas motor anymore. That kind of hid the sound of all the other parts. So being, uh, if people haven't seen it yet, one of the things you can do with Optus is, and I don't quite understand it, uh, it well enough, I haven't looked at it, but it kind of breaks up the components of the sound that you're hearing. And so he gave an example of when you start this one car engine, it had this kind of annoying whine in it. 
And that was the part that people didn't like. It wasn't the whole starting sequence. It was just that one line. So you just need to eliminate that one sound. And so being able to kind of take apart your, your product and say, well, where is that sound that's coming from that's distracting or annoying or whatever? I thought that was pretty cool. And it, it looked fairly graphical how they did it. They kind of separated out the different uh, wave uh, patterns. And they were able to just suppress it. So to, let's take a look at that. I agree. That's going to be a cool one to, to look at. Well, as always, I always appreciate your time and your thoughts, and it gets us thinking about other stuff. And we hope to talk to you guys sometime soon. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk to you later. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Okay, that was a great talk. I do enjoy having uh, actual users out there in the trenches talk about uh, things in the ANSYS world. If you're interested in joining one of our podcasts, we're getting better at using online so we can get other people involved, just go ahead and email me at um, podcast at padtinc.com. That's podcast at padtinc.com. And uh, maybe we'll have some more roundtables like that and get other people's input. Uh, we... Uh, Definitely are got some good suggestions coming in. One that um, we're looking for people to come and talk about is fine-tuning your high-performance computing uh, for ANSYS, whatever your solver is, Fluent, uh, Mechanical, HFSS, some of the smaller known uh, solvers. We'd, we'd love to get some, some real experts, people who have gotten in there and tuned their boxes and get their input on what's good. We'll get our IT expert, David Mistel, on and uh, a couple customers, and maybe somebody will invite some folks from ANSYS as well and see if they can make it. So that's coming up in a couple months. Haven't got a time for that yet, but do email podcast at padtinc.com if you want to be part of that discussion. So let's do a commercial to learn a little bit more about what PADT does. On these podcasts, we have a lot of fun talking about, well, all things ANSYS. From new features to reminiscing about the good old days of batch input files, only a few listens will convey the fact that we really are passionate about this set of software tools. Did you know that you can have that passion and experience at your service to help you purchase and use tools from ANSYS? PADT is an ANSYS Elite Channel Partner, and if you live in the southwestern United States, you can purchase your licenses and get your support from the people on this podcast. As you can tell by listening, we not only know the tools, we know how they are applied by users in real-world situations to drive product development. Get more value from your ANSYS investment by working with PADT to manage and enhance that investment. If you are located in Southern California, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado, or Texas, and you are interested in exploring ANSYS as your simulation solution, adding to your existing ANSYS products, or simply getting support from the experts who go the extra mile to make you productive, contact PADT at 480-813-4884 or send an email to sales at padtinc.com. We are here to make sure you get the most of your investment in the fantastic suite of tools from ANSYS Inc. And don't worry, even though the email says sales at padtinc.com, our sales experience is just like the podcast, knowledgeable and interactive with some fun sprinkled in. Give us a call or send us an email. And thank you for listening to our little commercials. Now, back to our podcast. 
Okay, after commercials, we talk about events coming up. And there's a bunch that are ANSYS related. Well, not a bunch, but a couple. Um, we're, as, as mentioned earlier in the podcast, 19.2 was just released. So one of the things we like to do is webinars to discuss uh, our thoughts and observations on the new release. So um, do check out on the 10th. The first one's going to be called Explore. This is the second one, actually. Explore the latest uh, advancements in design engineering with ANSYS 19.2. So this is going to look at the Discovery line of products, AIM and Discovery Live and uh, um, Space Claim and things like that. So that's going to be on the 10th from 11 to noon if you want to listen to it live. If you want to watch it as a recording, you can do that as well. So as with all of our uh, webinars, you can go to our event page and you can see them there or you can go to um, the blog usually we've also got a list of recent webinars so do check those out uh, we're going to be if you're in the Utah area and you're going to be at AMCON please stop by our booth that's the 17th and the 18th at the uh, Salt Palace Convention Center in downtown Salt Lake City so please do stop by for that and then um, our next webinar, 19.2, is going to be on meshing enhancements. I strongly recommend everybody check this one out. There's some pretty cool stuff in 19.2. Um, there's, a, there's a whole new um, I don't know, family class generation, um, but they've, they've added some, some really cool capabilities into meshing that come out in 19.2 that we've been playing with that we're really excited about, especially on the CFD side, but it's also applicable to uh, getting good structural meshes as well. But, but do check that out. Um, it's going to be on the 24th at 11 to noon. Uh, that's Phoenix time. And uh, as I said before, you can watch it as a recording. And then a uh, shout out to our customers and friends down in Tucson. We will be at the Southern Arizona Tech and Business Expo, which is put on by the Arizona Technology Council. And that's going to be um, on the 24th. It's noon to 6 p.m. It's a great show. Uh, we went last year and met a lot of people that we work with all the time and even some new people. So if you're down in Tucson, I do recommend that you check that show out. Uh, next webinar is going to be November 7th, and that's going to be on what's new at 19.2 with Fluent. And then our final big event from an Arizona standpoint is the Arizona Governor's Celebration of Innovation, which PADT is a sponsor of, and it's put on by the Tech Council and the Commerce Authority. Uh, we also 3D print the awards, which is kind of cool. And uh, that's going to be from 4 to 8.30 p.m. on the 8th. So November 8th, 4 to 8.30. We hope to see lots of people there. And uh, also mention, I'm going to be in Israel with the Tech Council from I believe it's the 12th through the 22nd let me double check here bringing it up on my calendar I did not put this in my notes I was just thinking if anybody there is listening from Israel I'll be there from the actually the 15th through the 19th um, and uh, give me a shout out send me an email at uh, podcast at padtinc.com let me know uh, maybe we'll run into each other on the streets of Tel Aviv it's a tech council trip um, we'll be actually visiting cu uh, customers and uh, companies that have offices in the U.S. that are also based in Israel, and we'll be uh, doing a lot of startup stuff. So I'm really excited about that trip. Um, I've never been, and so I get to play a little bit of tourist. I'm a history nut, so it's a pretty exciting thing to do. Um, 
that is it for events. Let's talk about news. I always like to start with the stock market and ANSYS, ANSS. It's at 172.73. Uh, the peak back in September 24th was 190.45, and that was an all-time high. Um, I, I don't really know anything about stocks or what statistics I should be looking at, but one that I saw when I was just checking on the price today was that um, ANSYS has gone up as of this morning $24 a share approximately. That's a 16% increase since the beginning of the year, and uh, that is pretty good compared to the S&P 500 which has basically had an 8% so it's it's doubling right now the S&P 500 so I guess that's a good thing um, it means a strong and robust company if nothing else so there's been uh, three official press releases since we last talked from ANSYS um, the first one I, I honestly don't really understand this is getting into the nitty-gritty of chip design but I'll read it to you ANSYS achieves TSMC certifications for 7 nanometer FinFET Plus process technology, an integrated fan out with memory on substrate advanced packaging technologies. So if you are doing memory on substrate, uh, you probably really care about this a lot because I know that when I do talk to people that use those products that ANSYS has, they're generally from the Apache suite uh, of products. It totally is required to make these tiny, small little chips. Um, the second one was uh, a company called TSMC and ANSYS Accelerate Automotive Reliability Solutions. So this is another electronics uh, simulation um, partnership, and so this this is basically. Um, uh, helping do chip design for automotive applications and as we know there's more and more and more chips in cars than we ever thought possible so this is another good thing and then the one that I got excited about um, not that I don't care about electronics it's just not my area of expertise is that ANSYS and a company called Granted Design collaborated um, the title is to empower additive manufacturing dig into the article a little bit what they basically did is uh, Granted Design has a really cool material library for certified metal 3D printing materials. So if you're doing a powder bed fusion and you're using these various powder metals, uh, Grant has got a library that now works with mechanical, so it plugs right in. So if you're going to model parts that were made using um, additive manufacturing, you can use this grant to library to go ahead and get your material properties in there. So do check out that blog article or that press release to learn more about it. And if you're interested, contact your ANSYS provider because um, if you are involved in uh, simulating metal parts that are 3D printed, you know that this is something we really uh, struggle with is getting certified material properties. Uh, it's a lot of work. And so the fact that there's a library out there now really is going to save a lot of time and money. Uh, on to blogs. On our PADT blog, Alex Grishin here did a really cool article on evaluating stresses and forces in threaded fasteners with ANSYS Mechanical. Um, if you've ever wanted to model the stresses around a threaded fastener, this is a great article. It's just a part one. He's going to do a part two later, but this gets you started. Uh, pretty useful stuff. Um, I'll show you all the different options available. 
we also announced a patent that we got actually in January, but we haven't gotten around to announcing it yet. For uh, PDT was awarded for our support cleaning apparatus technologies. Uh, many of you don't know this probably, but PADT is the world's leading provider of support removal cleaning systems for 3D printing. So if you use a Stratasys 3D printer that has soluble supports, odds are you're using a PADT product to clean those supports off of that part. And we patented the technology in our latest machines that we sell in that area. So pretty excited about that. Uh, it's always good. That's our fourth patent as a company. We have, I think we just counted over, over 30 some um, where we're listed as inventors, but the customers, of course, hold the patent. They're awarded the patent. Um, also, uh, something we've been waiting quite a long time to get um, official word on is that we are now ISO 9001-2015 standard uh, certified, at least our quality management system is, for 3D printing and scanning services. So if you are, need somebody that is ISO, uh, we're also AS9100D, I don't know the proper terminology for these things. Let me read you the official title. Um, our quality management system for 3D printing and scanning services have been certified compliant to AS9100-2016 and ISO 9001-2015 standards. We're ISO. We can do aerospace 3D printing and scanning. That's the bottom line of that. So if you do need have any needs in that area, please let us know. Uh, we, we love doing those kind of parts. And a reminder that we are also, while we went through that whole process, uh, we found out that a lot of people don't realize that we're ISO, uh, ITAR compliant and registered as well. So if you need somebody to do simulation, scanning, 3D printing, uh, design, um, or you need us to, if you're uh, one of our customers and you need tech support, do remember we are ITAR compliant and registered, so we can help you with that. In the ANSYS blog, there was a really neat article about uh, improving pump efficiency. So when you have like an impeller in a pump and you are pumping water or some other fluid, um, I guess the inefficient older pumps are a major uh, source of energy usage in the world out there. So a lot of uh, countries are mandating more efficient pumps. And uh, how do you get that pump profile? If you're a pump person, you know that there's like this curve that shows speed versus pressure uh, or, or rate, uh, flow rate. and uh, you want to have a certain look to that curve. You want it to have a certain uh, shape. And so there's a great little tool from a company called ADT called Turbo Design that works inside Workbench with CFX and other tools in the ANSYS suite. And it lets you actually specify the curve you want and then calculate what your blade geometry needs to be. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, rather than kind of trial and error getting there, it, it handles it all for you. Check out that article if you're involved in the world of pump design or you want to, or even if you're not pump design, but you're thinking about in your industry how to kind of reverse simulate something. This is the, this is the response that I want. How do I get the geometry that delivers that response? So it's a cool article for that. Um, one of the things that's happening in the world of telecommunications in the next blog article uh, that they posted is the fact that we're switching from LTE to what's called 5G. So this is a, a new technology that's going to give us greater bandwidth and greater uh, capability on our mobile devices. And uh, 
it's, I call it the 5G tsunami because we see it everywhere. And the article is about how 5G needs multi-physics. And the reason is that these devices would be operating at a much higher frequency. And they're going to be subjected to larger signal power. That means in both magnitude and what they call distribution density. What that means to those of us on the mechanical side is it's going to get hot. What it means to the people on the antenna side is you've got a lot of antenna design requirements. Um, you've got strip line. You've got uh, all sorts of stuff that you've got to worry about because we've got so much more power with this more powerful wireless way of communicating with mobile devices. So the towers themselves, the equipment in the the little building next to the tower and then our our mobile devices are all going to change to support this 5G and multi-physics simulation is going to be critical to getting that right and getting to market on time with your 5G product so if you're involved in that area check it out um, and then our third art uh, th then there's there's a companion article that goes with that one that ANSYS posted uh, on the antenna design for 5G and that kind of goes through some of the unique uh, requirements uh, in the design of antennas in that area. That was kind of interesting for me as I try to get my head around antenna design more. And uh, the last article that I thought was interesting was simulation optimizes a chemotherapy implant to treat pancreatic cancer. So this is a really, you gotta read the whole thing, I don't want to go into detail on it, but it's a startup uh, that ANSYS is part of the ANSYS startup program called Advanced Chemotherapy chemotherapy technologies and they use electrochemistry and something called iontophoresis to drive the chemicals that you want to get in there and kill a cancer cell into the cancer cell itself. Um, so I'm not going to give that one away either but uh, do, do read that article it's on the ANSYS blog as the, all the ones I've been just talking about are. Um, that one was really interesting to me um, how, how using multi-physics simulation to solve this really difficult problem. So that's it for news, that's it for blog articles. Um, hope you found this uh, episode useful. Don't forget to subscribe to PADT's emails at padtinc.com slash optin. And uh, what else do I want to say? Um, that's pretty much it. Hopefully everybody's safe. Everybody's enjoying the fall weather, uh, except for those are, I guess we have, I saw on the list, we have listeners in South America and Australia. So um, you guys should be headed into spring. So enjoy that. And uh, we will see you um, in two to three weeks. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 22. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employees. For more information, please visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.